Welcome to VetterView. My name is Cesar Rubio, and I created this podcast to show some raw experiences and challenges service members face during service and transition to the civilian world. I'd not only like for us to be able to share our experiences, but offer advice to others who could be facing similar challenges and give people a different perspective and understanding to the challenges we face. Uh, this is uh, episode nine, VetterView. Welcome. This is uh, our guest here is Alex Pavelcek. Yeah, did I get it right? Yep. There it is. Yep, that's right. Uh, <laughs> Thanks he, for having me, man. Yeah, of course, brother. And I, I appreciate you hopping on. I mean, I I just saw you on on Facebook, and I was like, I, I figured I'd reach out and uh, you know ask you to hop on here, and I appreciate you being uh, being very cool about it. Um, if you want to go ahead and give a quick uh, introduction about yourself and your time in service. Yeah, sure. Um, I am Alexander Pavelcek. I served in the Army from 2015 to 2019 uh, as a 6-8 uh, Foxtrot physical therapy technician. Um, pretty much stayed in medical units. Uh, didn't do any deployment or anything like that. I, well, I uh, spent a year over as permanent party in South Korea. That's and cool. now I am a forestry technician, a.k.a. wildland firefighter for the Forest Service. I serve on a engine out of six rivers national forest in uh california wow so you guys are definitely staying busy around uh this time of uh of the year yeah, yeah my engines uh got a roll tomorrow actually they're, oh, they're, shit. they're leaving yeah. wow where are you guys headed to uh they're going to mad river area um south of eureka north it's like southern humboldt county ish in that area okay wow you guys got a. Uh, you guys are constantly going out there especially because of this shit going on yeah, yeah, it's, um, I think for us, it started probably late June, mid-July, mm-hmm. we started actually having some of our engines leave, um, our hotshot crews in and out pretty much all year, but, uh, our engines started getting assigned, uh, a little late, uh, my district doesn't see a whole lot of initial attack fire, hmm. um, just high humidity, low temperatures, that sort of thing here, it's basically a temperate rainforest in the, the Smith River NRA where I'm assigned. Okay. But, um, we do a lot of campaigns. Nice. That's 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 pretty sweet. Sounds like an exciting and not boring at all job. Um, <laughs> but uh, keeps you busy. Yeah, definitely. What uh, what made you join the military? Was there anything that 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 inspired you to, or? Uh, you know, I so I find this a lot, and I, I don't like to to you know. Um, like I, I wasn't necessarily when I was a kid. I think I was mm-hmm. really interested in like military history stuff like that. Right, same. And I kind of kept that in mind. But uh, at the end of the day, it kind of became a thing out of necessity. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of job prospects. I didn't have a whole lot of skills, and I think I needed just I just needed a job, man. Right. Yeah. And I was supporting a um, young family at the time, and it was just not uh going so well so joined up and and it was a a way i could support my family fuck yeah man that's uh that's how it was for me you know i i went to college for for about a year and a half it it wasn't for me Mm -hmm. um there wasn't much from where i'm from i'm from southern california there wasn't a lot down there um in my specific area Mm-hmm. and and i needed a i needed something like you were saying it's just a lot of a lot of guys that join the service it's just like fuck, I need, I need to do something, you know, it just has to, has to, it's, it's an option for sure that, that, yeah, that, yeah. that gets you on the right track. Almost like a head start. I like to think when it comes to, to, I guess, getting on in life. Um, yeah, definitely. Did you, did you pick, uh, the army for any specific reasons or was it 
I think the biggest thing was uh, the ability to like not just have a list of MOSs that you're thrown at, mm-hmm. but uh, be able to, to ship out and go to the training for the MOS that you specify. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. And um, so where were you stationed at when you, when you joined? So uh, I joined up, uh, did my basic at um, Fort or uh, uh, Lawton, Oklahoma. Um, okay. Yeah, I forgot which fort it was. Uh, no but yeah. So Lawton, Oklahoma, basic training. Then I did my phase one of my AIT at Fort Sam Houston in San Antonio, Texas. Nice. Um, and it was like six ish months. And basically, it's just every day you're like in the, the space of six months, you're getting an associate's degree in physical therapy assistant crammed down your throat. It's super quick, super high, uh, fast paced. And um, I, I'd say some of the best uh, educators in the world wow. working out there at Metsy. Um, these guys know their job inside and out. Uh, actually, my. Uh, my captain, now major, that was my OIC when I got to my first duty station in South Korea. Oh, um, shit. At Camp Humphreys. He's, uh, he's now the, uh, the OIC of that program. Wow, that's, that's pretty sweet. That's crazy. Small world, definitely. <laughs> yeah. um, so so you, did you pick that job for a specific reason, or was it just, uh, was it just something that was interesting to you? You know, I like I had never really thought about it. My I, when I went in, I was like, oh, I'll take six day whiskey because I can go out and be a nurse. Or I, I had no idea. You right. Know, uh, figured combat medic that equates directly to a nursing degree, right? Um, <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yeah. So I jumped into that, and uh, it was well, it didn't jump into six day whiskey. I jumped in going wanting medical, right. and uh, all they had available. For, for medical when I went in for some reason was 68 Foxtrot. They had one slot left and um, they called up to recruiting command and verified that they had one slot. And, and hmm. it's like the corniest thing ever when they call recruiting command. It's like, well, you've, you've reached the rock. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, you know, so it's like some guy in a super gruff voice. Uh, I'll never forget it. And so for a while after that, I, I, I tell people like, uh, they called the rock and smelled what the rock was cooking. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah. um, so how, how would you, uh, how would you explain, how would you, I guess, uh, explain your experience while you were in the service? So you said you, you got to go to South Korea, right? How was that? Yep. That was probably the most formative year of my life. Um, not necessarily for the military, mm-hmm. from the military side of it. Cause, um, to be honest, when I was in Korea, I was a little bit of a shit soldier. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think most people are. Kind we all have. Of the we first all have. Duty station. Yeah, we all have our like our, our phases of, of of. I got NJP'd. I mean, we all... oh 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 no, same same. <laughs> well, I waited until I got Fort Bliss for that, but um, <laughs> no. So I uh, I showed up in South Korea, and it's like four or five people in a clinic. It's super small like um staff we, we were detached from everything else yeah. and kind of did our own thing and i had my oic my ncyc me uh one or two katusas um those not familiar katusas are uh, korean augmentees to u.s u.s army so oh, okay. they're korean army soldiers conscripts that are serving alongside us wearing our uniforms wow that's uh, pretty cool wearing their their ranks right. so they were really cool it's um the guy i had uh this guy was like 
super cool dude. He was like a New Zealander, hmm. and, but he kept his Korean citizenship because he had, you know, family there. Right. And um, so he had to come back and do his mandatory service in Korea. And, oh, uh, I forgot they have that. Podiatry degree. Huh. Podiatry yeah. degree, huh? Yeah. So he, um, I guess that was that kind of like he knew the basic structures, and so they'd bring him in under supervision. He'd assist with patient care and stuff like that. Um, and he was a great dude. Uh, uh, Tim, man. Tim. Tim Hyung Park, something like that. Hmm. But um, did they give you? Did so, the did the army do a good job at giving you certifications? At, like for your job? Uh, you know. So here's the thing: like, if you chase it and you you, you get what you need to, um, you get you can bridge the the education you get there to a degree in physical therapy assisting. But I never really bridged it because, like, pretty early on, I decided that, like, all right, once I get out, I'm not really going to continue the physical therapy. Thing. Right. Everybody's urging me to and telling me, like, oh, you need to do it. You need to do it. And I just, I wasn't feeling it. Right. Um, I enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. it's, I'll tell you what, man, it's it's taxing. Like, you get some oh, people sure. in there that have been, you know, beating their head up against a wall for months trying to recover from a surgery. I had one patient, um, a female sergeant, about 30-something years old. Uh, and she had a, a uh, ACL uh, tear that Thanks. she had reconstructed, yeah. and the nerve block never wore off. Damn. And it was one of the most heartbreaking things ever, just to sit there and, and work with her twice, three times a week, yeah. trying to help her out. And at the end, it's just kind of helping her understand, like, you might not regain that feeling or, or that, that those motor skills. Right, again. that mobility that so, you had that you once had yeah. before tearing your ACL. Yeah. Yeah, we had, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had a guy in, in, in boot camp tear his ACL and and he had to he, he got held back and he got picked up with another with another uh with another platoon, but when he got well he got picked up with us and mm-hmm. he was fine for a little bit, but that shit ended up coming back and not really coming back, but the pain was still f- fucking you could tell it was there when we were doing like our, our, our runs and, and he was struggling, yeah. but he you know the 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 drone structures there pushed him through and you know they were they were cool enough to not just retain him because they knew that he kind of really wanted it to get just get the fuck out of boot camp and the fastest way out of boot camp is getting through it there's no yeah yeah that's that's one thing that they that they really like to tell us um Mm -hmm. how how would you describe your 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 guys's boot camp is it just i mean obviously i let's see I joined up right before they extended it. I think they extended it to something like 12 weeks or something. Um, yeah, I don't I, like, don't quote me on it because mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've heard about it or looked into it, but I thought they, they had extended it, but I showed up right before they did. Um, it was 10 week boot camp, um, basically tack a week on either end. Well, on the, the beginning of it uh, for in processing and mm-hmm. um, uh, just getting sorted out and and getting all your your affairs in order dental medical uh you know all the, the standard fair bullshit you had to do right um and it was it pretty standard fair but like the, i think boot camp was the first time i realized how truly inefficient the government is yeah dude <laughs> that was my first like holy shit like these guys don't look like they planned anything yeah the government shouldn't run a lot of things but uh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um with with i mean i'll just tell you a little bit of ours um you see these guys um you see these guys practicing you know 
how they're gonna greet the the new the new recruits for fucking like a few weeks out before don't get me wrong i'm not saying they're super organized because consistent we're constantly falling behind when it comes to the schedule so it's just never never what they really want to go it yeah. never goes as planned um yeah. did you have any expectations for the military i know you said it was kind of something like you just needed a job right to to support your life and your family but did you have any expectations that you thought it was going to be like and you had realities i you know i i tried to go in with a pretty clear head about it i knew mm -hmm. that there was going to be at least for the basic training side of it and the training a bunch of mind games and sure. stuff so you know it's like i'm getting shark attacked while i'm holding up the pack of the <laughs> soldier in front of me because yeah. she's like i went to a co-ed basic training and wow. um how's that was, it wasn't it was you know they stayed in the different barracks obviously males and females right. and um it was just it was interesting because i i think a lot of the time um there were some females that were out working the dudes no shit like it was yeah i mean it wasn't you know that that part didn't necessarily surprise me because there was a you know myself included a lot of wide bodies yeah that showed up yeah um, yeah, yeah but uh i think that it, it didn't really change my perception of how it was supposed to go mm -hmm. um but like the shark attack went exactly as i thought it was gonna um, right we made the walls sweat a little less than i thought we would <laughs> and uh i was amazed how 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 lightly they handled you it was like they they didn't want to offend you they didn't call you by rank they called you soldier hmm. um uh they didn't call you by rank and they were very, very kid glove ish with you. It's like five really? push ups, like is all they can make. It was really weird. Whoa, but they make you strange. do some long ass push ups. Yeah. Like, okay. They make you hold it. Oh, um, that's yeah. how they got around it. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, like you can fucking do five minute, five push ups for 10 minutes if you want. It's yeah. Very slowly. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, fucking. So you did one enlistment, right? 2015 to 2019. Yep. Was there any reason why you didn't do more? <laughs> uh, yeah um you know one i realized the job wasn't for me and mm -hmm. at the time i got out i had actually um signed up for behavioral health i was doing an intensive outpatient uh 30-day program um where basically spent the first half of my day in group therapy with a bunch of people i was dealing with um some stuff related to uh separation with my ex okay and uh you know this is, there was like some very cruel things being said and right. uh my kids were kind of being used as pawns against me and it was, it was oh, really sorry, bad man. yeah oh yeah it's you know it's um shit happens and i've dealt with it now and i'm Definitely. you know still dealing with it i guess but i think the difference is now that i was given the skills to cope right um and the military life didn't really equate well to me um being able to see my kids and having a relationship with them and stuff like that and being so far away all the time not knowing or having really a say where i'm going to be right it's kind of the the like if if you factor and right. um the other thing too it's like it, i i throw it around a, a little loosely when people all half jokingly i'll say it maybe i shouldn't joke but um people ask me like well why did you get out of the military or why under what reason would you not reckon, uh, recommend the military? And I said, well, you don't go to work at Target and have 70 of your friends kill themselves. Yeah, you know? dude. It's it's like, 
Yeah. There's, there's a lot of factors. It's the culture is at times great. Um, the camaraderie is amazing. Amazing when, when it's good, mm-hmm. but when it's bad, it's bad. Right. Yeah. 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 You. That's so, you hit that shit right on target with the going going to work at Target and yeah. half of your buddies, you know, are either dealing with extreme shit uh, or or a few mm-hmm. of them definitely uh, kill themselves, which is um yeah, which is crazy. I feel like the military does a really good job at training you to be a hard ass and um you know not really show emotion and mm-hmm. you know keep it all in here nobody cares you hear that often um yeah. but they don't do a good it's... job at showing you how to deal with all that shit when you get out of the service or when you're or mm-hmm. just when it's when it's overflowing because it happens man everybody has a breaking point yeah. i've ha- i had my breaking points when i was in the marine corps with a little bit of alcohol involved, you know, uh, um, <laughs> or a lot. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, just a fuck ton <laughs> and, and it just comes out. Um, yeah. you know, you're not, I don't think anybody's really ready to work 18 hour days with, with months of, of no days off. Um, I remember thinking, mm-hmm. I just want one, one day off. I remember just, I was just like, just one, like one day would be, that's, that's it. I just need a, a mental reset because, um, yeah. I was in an infantry battalion and then we we're just, constantly go, go, go. training 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 mm-hmm. deploy come back 11 months deploy again come back deploy it was just it was just a rinse and repeat you know um yeah didn't we got time to go home i guess but as soon as you came back it was just uh the, the grind was on un- unbelievable it was just uh it was mm-hmm. crazy nothing could prepare you for that yeah, uh, so i mean like friends i've had in all different kind of facets of military life whether they're pogues or they're mm-hmm. um you know or, or they're in line units or they're you know uh aviation whatever right. um they all kind of face their own individual challenges for but sure I think the overreaching thing is that they'll the, the military will throw all this money at resiliency training and and shit but at the end of the day behavioral health is still treated like a like a fucking don't touch it taboo right you know? yeah. um and it's it's the, they can say oh well we we have it available for all everybody who wants it but open door policy command, yeah yeah if your command is going to be a little bitch about it consistently mm-hmm. then that's a fucking problem if they're going to berate you and make you a pariah for standing up and saying i need fucking help yeah then it's nothing's gonna fucking change you're still gonna have soldiers killing themselves oh, you're gonna still have soldiers drinking too much you're gonna oh, still yeah. have soldiers going off and doing drugs and and fucking running their kawasaki ninjas into guardrails at mm-hmm. 200 plus miles an hour yeah it's just it all compounds um and i think the they're and not to say all commands are like that because they're not but, no, but there's there's one too many, dude. There's one too many, and it's not that one, it isn't. One, one is too many. Yeah, it, it's like, um, did did you ever hear about people not wanting to go to medical uh, because of like I, for example, I didn't want to go to medical very often. Once one mm-hmm. for uh, one of the reasons I wanted to continue to deploy. Um, yeah. The other reason is nobody wants to come off as a bitch. Um, mm-hmm. And I wasn't really sure if I was going to stay in or not. So I, I wasn't really thinking ahead, which I think I should have. And this is what I recommend for people who are still in is get all that shit documented because yeah. once you get out and you, I don't know if you filed any claims, but once you get out and you file any claims, they will shut that shit down fucking faster than you signed up your enlistment papers that they, they will fucking, mm-hmm. they will, 
do not hesitate in shutting down any claims that you make. Yeah. Um, I, so I'm planning on putting some through, but I, you know, I'm dealing with some things that I personally, I worked in the medical field and mm -hmm. I still never went, you know, I had, um, bilateral shoulder impingement, a uh, lot of lower back pain, uh, yeah, things like that. that that I never went for and it was a lot of it was caused by my time in service mm -hmm. um, you know uh, and it's still affecting me to this day I'm working on self re rehabilitating a lot of it but um, a lot of times it's, it's I look at the maybe putting a claim through and just knowing I have limited documentation I'm just like ah, you know what if they're gonna I shot myself it. in the foot a long yeah. time ago yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a real bummer because nobody really they don't really uh they don't really tell you to to do that shit and get it all documented you hear like you hear yeah. like i heard it a little bit from our navy guys like our corpsmen um they'd be like yeah just go to the go to the doctor go to the doctor but it was never something that was um that was brought up like hey if you guys are feeling shitty or mm -hmm. <laughs> nothing there was never like take care of yourself you know it yeah. they would say it whenever you got your safety briefs or you're going home right. But, but you know the number one the number one priority for line units is maintaining their ability to deploy oh yeah readiness and that's the bottom line oh um, yeah readiness is the number one priority for line mm -hmm. units and as much as they like to, to to peacock and say oh we care we care that the only thing they care about is making sure that they can deploy right and and i and i understand right i understand it's the mission it's the readiness i, I get it but Mm -hmm. fuck man you need to you need to take care of your guys like that's that's how that's how you yeah. could potentially keep fucking keep people re-enlisting and 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 you know have, well, have the bodies attention is shit it's it's the reason people get hurt oh yeah and you know it's uh, somebody injures himself once and they don't follow up on it well the number one risk factor for injury is a prior ex previously existing injury oh yeah so yeah, dude, I, I had I had hurt my uh, my right knee real bad. Um, I hit it on some fucking metal rail trying to jump over something like a like a dumbass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I I really fucked it up. It was my my kidneys were super fucking swollen from my knee just because I it, mm -hmm. it swelled up like that. Um, I went back to the shop. I was fucking barely walking, limping around, and um, they still had me doing fucking oil changes. They still had me working, dude, and I was just like trying to fucking move around the shop and then my gunny was like rubio what the fuck's wrong with you and i was like mm -hmm. gunny my my fucking knees fucked up what do you mean and he didn't believe me and he's like show me and i and i start undoing my pants and he's like what the fuck are you doing he's like why don't you just lift your you know your your, your pants up from from yeah. you know from your leg and i was like gunny my my pants don't go over my knee because it's so fucking swollen and then he he like feels my my left knee my normal knee and then he feels my right knee and he's like holy shit he's like oh okay maybe maybe you should just sit down in the in the tool room and just kind of fucking relax but it took uh it took a whole day i think for them to actually somewhat believe me but they still had me coming into the shop and just uh instead of elevating the fucking the leg that way you know it could fucking yeah yeah and 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 the the navy medicine was not that great <laughs> they, they told me to go buy ice packs instead of them supplying it like they should mm -hmm. yeah they they told me to go buy some some peas and slap it on there they gave me motrin because you know that's the the heel off or everything oh yeah yeah change your socks motrin and drink water 
um <laughs> unfortunately you know my my knee is fine now i still i still get some some weird fucking pains in there but um mm-hmm. uh, my my lower back is, is shit it's just constantly mm-hmm. fucking hurting just from from wear and tear you know it's just yeah I, I don't think anybody's i guess the body's not meant to fucking get beat up that fast within a four-year span i think well i think i i think that nowadays we're kind of adapted to a little bit more of a sedentary lifestyle yeah um growing up for me you know i was a fucking couch potato i didn't do anything before i joined up mm-hmm. and then you join up and all of a sudden you're running and focusing on injury prevention uh in in the pt programs to begin with mm-hmm. is important like um like the army's uh fitness program is kind of goofy and it really doesn't do a whole lot it's a lot of low reps and a lot of you know structure and it looks good and you know when everybody's in formation doing anything everything in unison but um i i think it's that's one of those things it's like the perception is the reality if it looks good it is good yeah but it's when you look at the the paperwork that it leaves uh you know people who trying to supplement it with gym time or um unit pt oh we're freezing up a little bit that are outside the pt program stuff like that can you hear me yeah you're good you're good sorry it kind of just just lagged a little bit okay Uh, gotcha can you repeat what Um, you just said yeah yeah no so it's uh, i think that the like if it looks good it is good right yeah um so you got a, you got a bunch of people that are doing this thing that's really not doing a whole lot, mm-hmm. and you can sweat if you do it fast enough. Sure, but it's hard to do it quick. Yeah, um, and maintain the proper cadence and, and stuff like that. But it's it's uh, I think a lot of times the injury happens when you get soldiers that aren't getting what they need in regular PTs. Yeah, and they're either doing PTs with their unit that are outside the bounds of approved military uh the PC oh, yeah. programs oh yeah and yeah i mean like i've seen people so many people doing like um like tire flips and just the most horrible like hunchback terrible form just no no yeah, no, no warm-up for I, I i can tell i can't tell you how many times we would go on on boots and youths runs no warm-up yeah. just yeah. five in the morning go run four fucking miles in boots like it's like dude we're yeah. not gonna warm up like it's just no, you're not none, none of that no. Is, is good for oh, you know like no. running in boots is fucking horrible oh yeah yeah no no way it's terrible there's nothing mm-hmm. that, and i get it i understand but fuck at least at least warm up the body just just to try to help you know a little bit man like mm-hmm. I, I get it that you might have to do it someday but don't fucking break break these guys' body or, or our bodies when it before we even go anywhere and yeah i, I get it you got to train how you fight but I don't yeah. know, man. There has to be there has to be a better process when it comes to training your guys physically and I guess just mentally overall. Well, and they're working on it. Like the Army's new PT uh, PT test, the ACRT, I think it's called. Um, don't ask me the acronym. I don't. No remember. worries. <laughs> uh, but so it's not bad looking. It's it's 
kind of focus on more functionality hmm. and like shorter distances for the run and but it's like one after another bam 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 right. it's an endurance thing right. and i think that's the biggest thing is building that endurance and focusing on how to build that endurance mm-hmm. that's going to be the most important thing because as you said you're out there working 18 hour days without <laughs> a day off non-stop yeah what's gonna what's gonna work on the hill is it fucking lateral leg raise five reps every morning or is it uh doing some proper high intensity training right that's going to actually increase your heart rate keep it elevated right. and then keep it up with with further um repetitions like drilling that in yeah so i think that's what's being lost at least at the 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 unit level stuff i've seen some good good stuff go on um especially with like uh my clinic that i was in so everybody was pretty pretty well like certified personal trainers and right stuff so um it's good to have a few of those around that's what i was gonna say it's like for, for example in the marine corps there's no there was no there was no personal trainer leading our pt it was mm-hmm. just some dude that was like yeah this is what you're gonna do or like we're gonna we're gonna run this distance or we're gonna do uh so and so and but there's no real actual knowledge behind it it's just like oh it hurts yeah. it must be good you know like it burns so it must be all right, right. you know it's like fuck man i would always bitch and moan when we're running like i'd, I'd, I'd uh tell the lieutenants like we're not gonna fucking stretch sir like you're just gonna stretch a cold rubber band you know like just that's that's not healthy man and and he would just yeah. be like yep this is what we're doing it's like fuck all right i guess mm-hmm. i guess this is how we're, how we're going um so yeah so besides you dealing with uh w- with your problems with your you know with your ex mm-hmm. um was there anything that could have potentially swayed you to stay in the service or was it you, you just not for you that's a that's a good one um I think that for me, my focus was on my family and had I not been, all right, I had one incident where I had an NCO, uh, a certain NCO I see, Mm -hmm. uh, basically berate me for about 45 minutes when I told him that I wasn't going to stay in because I wanted to go and be closer to my daughters. Mm Mm-hmm. And he said something to the effect that, well, I didn't get to see my kids for 14 years, so you can do it too. And had that not been said, I maybe would have considered staying in or maybe re-enlisting at some point. Um, but I, hindsight being 2020, I'm fairly glad I got out. I, I don't feel like I, I feel like I got everything I needed. Um, I got my GI Bill, which I'm currently utilizing it uh, for my apprenticeship that I'm in. Awesome. And um, and it, you know, it it just worked out. I feel like the way it needed to. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. Um, that's that's something that you hear way too often, though. As soon as as soon as they hear, uh, soldier, marine, sailor, airman, space force guy. Uh, <laughs> that. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's a thing now. now. Yeah. Um, they they immediately treat you completely different. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. not the case for everybody, right? Like like we're saying, there's there's example examples, but right. Um, when I was getting out of the service, um, my gunny was like, "Hey, before you get out, I need you to fix five trucks for me. Before you get out, I need five trucks done." 
and i was like dude how about you just let me prepare myself to get out like fucking let me because i was trying to i was applying for for the riverside sheriff department and i remember okay. i had gone down there i had told my sergeant that i was gonna go down there because you know there's a fucking there's there's leadership right so i told him thinking that he would tell the Ghanaian whatever um and I went to do my uh, my physical test and my written test for the sheriff's department. Mm -hmm. And my gun is like, hey, where the fuck are you at? And I was like, um, doing a physical test in, in Riverside, like I like I told, you know, Sergeant so-and-so. And, -so. and uh, he's like, well, he didn't pass that to me. Uh, you need to be talking to this guy. And when you get back, I need you to come back to the shop. And he basically wanted proof that I was actually doing these things. Yeah, I had maybe a month, two months before getting out. Cause we got back from Iraq in October of 2016. Yeah. 2016. Mm -hmm. And that's, I had from October, 2016 to about February of 2017 mm -hmm. to get all my shit ready and get ready to get the fuck out. Um, it was not mm -hmm. happening. They were constantly just, you know, trying to work us until well, work me, but like work us in general until the last fucking day, there was no, Oh yeah, go take care of your shit. You know, go make sure you're you're set. Like uh, I remember getting bitched at for filling out a job application um, at while I was at work. While I was in, well, it was during work, but I was I had fucking maybe a month, <laughs> and I was trying to fill yeah. out a job application, trying to get ready to get out. And he fucking <laughs> was like, "What the fuck are you doing? I need you out on the floor working." And I was like, "What the fuck." I was so mm -hmm. close to requesting masks, like, cause I was just tired of it. You know, I just, mm -hmm. I was just this bullshit, man. Like, uh, mass. So that's when you you go above, so you 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 go above their head basically and go to the next person oh. in command, and then whatever. Oh, okay, gotcha. And if they can't do it, then you keep going and you keep going and you keep yeah. going until somebody fucking helps you solve that problem. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I was that close i was like this motherfucker yeah. needs to fuck off and then another gunny came in he's like don't worry about it rubio just do your shit you know like fucking fill out your paper and then mm -hmm. come back out here whenever you whenever you're ready but i was yeah. i was so angry man like what the fuck like yeah. i already deployed twice for you motherfuckers you know i've i've people have died when i'm when i'm gone like i've lost family members mm -hmm. i've missed out on weddings and don't get yeah. me wrong i know those are some sacrifices that come with being in the service oh yeah i understand but maybe appreciate it a little bit more <laughs> a, a little bit of gratitude goes a long way a little um, bit just a little dude mm -hmm. well especially like you know you, you like as a young man giving four years of your life up for something that may or may not help you in a future career mm -hmm. is kind of like a scary thing oh, and once you do it you it feels great Mm -hmm. When you look back and like, look, I did that. Fuck yeah. But the second you get some asshole diminishing it, uh, not understanding the sacrifice that you made, mm -hmm. it kind of makes you feel like, well, why the fuck did I just bother wasting all yeah. that time? Yeah, it's like... It's, it's so I wasted all this time to just get treated like shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, major problem. There's not reenlisted. Yeah, that that did not make me want to stay in at all. There was nothing about <laughs> my last year that was like, oh, maybe I should consider reenlisting. Like, the whole time I was like, fuck, I can't wait. I cannot fucking yeah. wait to fucking not deal with these assholes, because mm -hmm. it's just it, it's just, I don't know. There's no there's no real. 
you feel more appreciated from people on the outside which obviously it, it makes sense but yeah but it, i mean like you discounted autozone and o'reilly's only goes so far yeah you know, dude it's... that applebee's one year free meal is, is all right you know wait what 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 <laughs> that applebee's veterans day dude yeah oh oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that one meal <laughs> yeah uh, ruby tuesdays red rob and they do it okay there you go yeah there's a few places right but yeah again yeah. um i don't know man and nobody forces you to do it right again like we're saying yeah. it's not the military's fault but there is a problem with um <clears throat> with the uh, leadership for sure and um yeah there has to be better leadership courses i'm sure there are and maybe some assholes just don't give a fuck and they just you know i so i was listening to an audio book for the book um the men the mission and me hmm. um and i think the core thing about it is is asking yourself the question when you're in a leadership position is is this move the best for my men is this move the best for the mission and is this move the best for me and it's balancing those three That's factors right great and you get the career hogs to forget about the men Definitely. or the mission, and it's just them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how that's how our, our whole first deployment was, dude. Uh, we called it uh, uh, "Surviving Operation Fit Rep," which is like um, how how those guys are getting looked at for promotion, like all the staff, you know, all our NCOs and all the higher ranks, because they were so focused on njp and people and just uh just getting people in trouble and just making themselves look good yeah that everybody the morale was you could fucking feel the morale so low you could fucking feel it in the in the air yeah. it was just so bad that everybody was uh even even some of our lieutenants could tell and they were like hey how's it going like are you guys doing mm -hmm. all right you know um some of it was out of their control um because it was mm -hmm. some colonel bohm douchebag i'll say his name um <laughs> straight up man like he was a, he was a dick um he, he just focused on he got a star out of it he's a general now i think but he 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 got a lot of people fucked man a lot of people lost rank and it's just because there wasn't proper planning proper rest periods uh cycles yeah. it was just you look good cool you know it's obviously gonna look good for you but everybody else below you whatever it doesn't matter um <laughs> which is a big issue when it comes to the to the leadership um so when you were getting close to getting out uh did you face any obstacles um so i was balancing a lot of my personal stuff but thankfully i feel like my unit kind of gave me enough leeway to handle what i needed to handle that's awesome um, they were stretched a little thin around the clinic so mm -hmm. i was filling in where needed right um so you know i do front desk uh front desk shit or, or take over patient care things mm -hmm. like that um so but for my last like a couple of months i never i didn't have any patient schedule so it was pretty nice that's um, cool and then i was doing my iop stuff at the same time ish what's so iop it was, sorry it was kind of good just buttoning it up real nice oh i'm sorry that's that intensive uh, outpatient oh okay okay program that i was uh, the 30-day program that i was in the group therapy thing right so, and then after that, I'd have follow-ups. Um, and honestly, if I was just feeling rough, dude, like I could just roll in any of the group meetings and it was nice, like the 9 a.m. to noon. Wow. Um, just sit in there and just handle shit, man. That's and talk awesome. Talk about it with people who are also going through it. Um, 
Yeah. And so I didn't really deal with too many obstacles for getting out. Uh, some like poor money decisions on my side sure. and try an apartment trying to screw me over for um for like my last month of rent that they i had uh, given them proper notice and they tried to charge me another month of rent and tried to hold me to my contract and soldier and sailors act on them um and they, they finally released it that's um, good yeah and so that being said uh once I finally got out, I realized I had set nothing up for myself. Um, I had whatever money was in my pocket, moved back, uh, crashed at my mom's house in Sacramento for, you know, a couple months. Right. And just tried to kind of get myself reassociated with my old friends and my family and trying to figure out where I fit into everything again. When when you when you got out, right? You said you went on terminal leave, which is like paid vacation until you get your actual yeah. exit of, exit of active duty date. Um, mm -hmm. Did you did it feel almost unreal? Like did it feel like you you weren't really out yet, or did you for sure feel like you were out? Well, the first thing I did was uh, not shave, so that was nice. <laughs> um, uh, so it felt pretty good. Yeah. Um, I. I felt out. Uh, I didn't really have any issues with that. I signed up for unemployment as soon as I was available. Okay. For it, um, signed up for unemployment. I pretty much ran that out uh, as long as I could. I was mm -hmm. going to school. Tried to go back to school, and it was weird. Uh, yeah. Like, I had gotten used to associating with people that were military or um, or military adjacent or. Mm -hmm. uh, or like foreigners in South Korea that were around it, so more. right? Yeah, it was so it it, it was real strange, uh, kind of coming back and going to school again, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I'm surrounded by like 18 and 19 year olds, and I'm like, well, fuck, like, you know, feeling like the old man at 25 is a weird thing. Definitely, you know, you're not that old. Like I'm 27 right now. Yeah, and I I I don't get some of the people that. I work with all the time. I'm starting to now. It helps because it's um, like my field is the camaraderie is kind of there. Right. So you kind of build it up. Um, but being with young, inexperienced in life kind of people, mm -hmm. that's the big adjustment for me. Right. Yeah. And, Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Yeah. The, the way I, I kind of explain it to people is um, when you join the military, you give up... Um, this very young gap of your of your life, right? For example, mm -hmm. I joined at 19 um, and yeah. I got out at 24. Normal people do a lot of growing up when it comes to from 19 to 24. And they do a different type of growing up, I'd like to think. It's not the type of growing up that, that we do because ours is... It's almost like two different fucking worlds. Uh, it's it's right. Well, it's one you're forced to grow up, and one you kind of do it on your own time. Right, and it's weird because everybody else gets experiences like they they, they go out and party, they go to school, they you know mm -hmm. they potentially still live with their parents. They they might not. They have their roommates or, but I always always uh, explain it. It's like when you get out, you still have to kind of figure out what the fuck is going on with you. And, yep. and and figure out what you kind of want to do and and what you like and what you don't like it's mm -hmm. um like i i don't know it's just very strange for me uh when, when i got out what would you say was the biggest thing to get used to was, was it just the people the environment 
I think finding, well, I mean, finding work was weird because, like, when I got out, I had this grand idea that I was going to be a photojournalist. Hmm. I was like, just going to slip right back in, just go to school and be, I was going to be a photojournalist. Right. And kind of forgot that I fucking hate school. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that didn't work out too well. So I, um, I kind of gave that up after my first semester and just trying to figure out that purpose, right? So juggling the, the life stuff, trying to get back in my daughter's lives, trying to um, get my visitation and, and be able to, to, you know, balance what my family expected of me because I showed up and I'm like the only one that could fucking cook. So all of a sudden I'm <laughs> the one who's expected to cook. Right. Um, like weird shit. Yeah. And um and so i finally was like all right well i have a brother who's been a wildland firefighter for about three or four years and i was like well it sounds like hard work but i'll give it a go so i you know talked to him and it was late in the season it was probably like late may early june and hiring had kind of already been going on for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and he told me, like, look, there's probably no way you're going to get on with anybody this year uh, for service-wise because they do hiring through USA Jobs. They fly the job, like, late in the year and pick up early the next year. Right. Um, and I applied for fuck all. I had no resume. So he said, well, he had started with the uh, California Conservation Corps. Hmm. And they have fire crews that are overseen by CAL FIRE. Okay. And uh, so it's like a 16-man um, hand crew, and basically you go uh, dig line around fires and, and um, do firing operations and, and back burn the fire and mop up um, where you're just kind of taking out the smokes and taking the heat out of the ground so hmm. it doesn't spread after it's already calmed down. That's crazy. Control. Yeah. Um, so I joined up. And that was the ultimate like old man moment for me because I turned 26 at this point and I was the oldest person there like they age out at 26 the program stops accepting people after you've turned Whoa, 26 no way um but for veterans you can join up to 29 so it worked out so I, I joined up and spent six months over there just getting coming to grips with the the fire world and somebody told me about the U.S. Forest Service apprenticeship so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll be around some people closer to my own age. And right. um, I know I can use the GI Bill with it because I had done some research on it. And it's it's kind of like hush-hush. Um, it's yeah. a cool program. Um, and it, it, they definitely don't advertise or recruit veterans. I've never as much heard as they about should. that. Yeah, I've never heard yeah, about so that at all. It's, it's, done, it's a, a cooperative thing between the... Um, the U.S. Forest Service, Bureau of Land Management, Bureau of Indian Affairs, and uh, the National uh, National Wildland Coordinator, uh, uh, Coordinating Group. So their um, their focus is on training individuals uh, in different modules and approaches to wildland firefighting. So you can do like uh, engine time, hand crew time, includes like you know Type Two, Type Two IA or um hotshot crews type one crews okay and uh you have uh dozers hell attack uh dispatch time things like that that you've mm -hmm. got to do um 
but it's cool because you can utilize the GI Bill for it. That's and it helps. Cool. It really helps supplement your income. Um, because this job honestly doesn't pay a ton. Okay. But it's it's a cool little intro. And uh, I I wouldn't be in this program if they didn't offer the um the GI Bill the ability to use the GI Bill right. And you said so wildland fire uh, so forestry technician doesn't really pay as much as you would think. So yeah, it's um the Forest Service doesn't uh it so I'm currently I'm a GS three okay so it's fairly low pay um we make most of our money on overtime. Hmm. And um, which you get in spades during fire season. I think I did two weeks straight of sixteen-hour shifts. Oh shit! Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you get um, like travel time, and, and depending on how far it is. So, and uh, travel pay. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. But compared to other agencies that do similar things, like Cal Fire, it's it's like. They're, they're they're what they pay their guys is astonishing like they um they actually call their guys firefighters for one the forest service kind of only calls their guys firefighters once they're in a casket damn that's fucked up yeah damn but it's it's just like with anything um yeah. there's some faults to it of course but, uh i think that the job itself is um probably the coolest thing i've ever done it seems really cool it seems really cool it almost seems like an unappreciated job because nobody really thinks about it and the guys that are out there um when it comes to everybody else out here like for example us we're we're not really thinking oh there's a fuck ton of guys out there just battling some fucking wildland fires you know right yeah no i mean well it's crazy it's you get i i honestly didn't really know too much about it until i signed up like i knew my brother did it i didn't mm -hmm. really know what it entailed i knew he was on an engine um he was working up in the klamath at the time uh klamath national forest in northern california and uh he was always talking about like all the money he was coming home with and um like he was working six months on six months off wow. and just chilling on yeah. unemployment in the off season and then he'd work hella hard all summer long and then chilling in the off season I'm like fuck like give me some of that sounds great yeah <laughs> yeah so um i went ahead and jumped for it i was like all right well screw it i'll give it a go well it sounds, uh, it sounds yeah. like it's it's something that you're you're fitting in uh quite well i mean like you said the camaraderie i'm sure it's something similar to the military obviously there's differences yeah but... i think that um well there's there's kind of you know when you've got a good relationship with your first line and and your guys mm. and you can talk mad shit like all day yeah, long yeah right nobody's gonna get butt hurt right. i mean like there's obvious ex you know exceptions to that rule because mm. there's gonna be shitty duty stations here of in course. the force service that are gonna be like that where you're not really gonna be able to, to have that kind of relationship but when you've got a good group of people like my engine this year is fucking solid and we can just talk mad shit <laughs> and have this relaxed atmosphere yeah where we're gonna go work we're gonna get the shit done we have a, a saying on my engine uh lftp right mm -hmm. we'll just we'll look at each other it's nobody else here really knows what it is but lftp stands for let's fuck this pig so it's it's kind of it's a nice informal atmosphere yeah and uh it's super laid back but you bust ass yeah. and uh that's the one thing that i 
was missing was having that good first line relationship of course and being able to have that camaraderie where you were all just getting your dicks kicked in every day mm -hmm. but you're gonna fucking get back in the engine at the end of the day and just laugh your asses off over some stupid shit like a fucking fart that somebody didn't roll the dumb yeah. window for or you know so yeah do you, do you recommend that uh that, that career for some veterans would you say honestly i think it would be really beneficial for for some people that uh that are um getting out and not really knowing what to do because mm -hmm. it doesn't take a whole lot like i mean if you've done landscaping at mm -hmm. any time in your life for like more than three months you're basically qualified like no you just shit. gotta word it to so when you're doing usa jobs resume mm -hmm. like you want to try to pick out the keywords out of that the resume that you're you're, you're doing mm -hmm. um you, you're out of the job listing that you're trying to apply for you want to be able to say like okay well I'm applying for this job they want this so you just word it to say you did this okay and uh, you've worked with these tools right whatever so things like that are that make it easier to score the job um, but it does not take a whole lot of experience we get kids straight out of high school coming no and doing this shit wow yeah and um, you might start out as a GS3 but you know you're, you're you'll make plenty of money on overtime and if you do the apprenticeship yeah. i got hired straight out of the california six months of experience in the california conservation corps uh doing fire suppression there hmm. and now um yeah it's it, plus like things like it's little perks here and there but right. uh, leave category six so you get six hours of overtime for every two or six hours of leave for every two weeks you work um Hmm. Just little things like that that start making it a little more worth it. Right. Um, going back to your transition here, uh, would you would you say you would do things differently, or what would you do differently uh, before you, broke you got? Up. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Sorry. Um, I was saying when you were getting out, it was is there something that you would do differently, or would that you would necessarily recommend to people who are about to get out? <sighs> Honestly, just get your ducks in a row months ahead of time. Um, don't start two months, one month, three months, four yeah. months. Start six, seven, eight months ahead of time. Before they even send you to... So in the Army, I don't know what it is for the Marines, Navy, Air Force, Space Force, whatever. Um, <laughs> there's a... It's for the Army, it's called SFL TAP, Soldier for Life Transi Transition Assistance Program. Take it seriously. Even if you're not going to do a USA Jobs resume, right? Make a real ass USA Jobs resume, right? Um, federal jobs aren't the best, but you can buy back your military retirement time, um, <laughs> and it'll help make things a little worth it. Uh, you can roll over your TSP over to your civilian TSP, <laughs> and so I'm I'm still contributing my TSP right now, and it's you know it's kind of a rough year for it, but right. it's going okay. Well, that's good, man. Um, yeah. Did you did you go through um, I guess dark times when you when you were, when you initially got out of the service? Oh, holy shit! Um, yeah, no, I I think that um, the drinking yeah. was probably the big thing. Um, before I got out, I was probably crushing like you know it's for some people it's not a lot, but for me, you know, I'm a relative lightweight. Uh, mm -hmm. I was doing a 12-pack and probably a couple of mixed drinks a night, um, like, you know, or a couple shots of whiskey or yeah. something just to help me sleep, just to help me, you know, be ready for the next day. And in the morning, um, 
at times in the morning i'd fucking crush a beer or take a shot before i left the house sure. just to be able to ready, be ready to roll um, right and i i never sought any help for alcoholism or anything like that and i i'm feel very lucky in the regard that i've been able to keep it like under control right um, like you know i think last night uh was my first day off in a couple of weeks so i went over to my girlfriend's house and i had like three or four beers and i bought a bottle of whiskey out. that yeah. i didn't touch and it's just nice to be able to have that control but i didn't have it when i got out right do you think a lot of, yeah do you think it was because um were you a heavy drinker when you were in the service yeah yeah, yeah. um when i got to korea it got pretty bad yeah. um it's just partying every weekend and just being out all the time and cheap booze and mm -hmm. that's the culture over there it's you just drink yeah. so what? i hung out with a lot of civilians when i was over there expats like englishmen iranians hmm. fucking uh, uh americans that were over there right it, yeah it, it, some korean nationals and all they did was drink <laughs> and so that's all i did was drink yeah and you probably just had that fucking like uh, it was almost like a habit and you just trying to drink, drink yeah, and yeah then... no it was i had a problem for yeah. a long time and i never sought help for that i i didn't want to want to do that to myself because i didn't want to get put in sudsy or something um the substance whatever I, I don't know the acronym for it but they're the substance abuse program i didn't right. want to be committed to that so so did so, you notice it yourself when you got out that you were that you were drinking too much and and how did you how did you manage to kind of um overcome the, the the fact that you were drinking a lot or, or or the issues that you were having so up until i joined the the seas the california conservation corps mm -hmm. i was still i'd come home from work and the first thing i'd do is crush a six pack oh, yeah um i was working for some shitty moving company and like even sometimes like you know, honestly on the job somebody would have a bottle of whiskey or cognac they'd pass it over i'd take a couple of sips you yeah. know um so it was up until that point that I left and I just was, I was too busy to fucking drink. Yeah. So this off season, I drank a little bit, um, probably maybe more than I should have, but it wasn't like, I don't feel like it was an issue. Right. Um, it didn't impede my life. I didn't drink and drive anymore. Um, you know, things like that. So uh, a lot of it is, you know, at the end of the day, you're on bad decisions, but I think that the field, the job itself, definitely helped me. Right, a lot. especially being super because fucking busy. Was and, an option. Yeah, especially when you're waking up every day and you're working, you know, ten-hour shifts, or you're fucking. If you're on a fire, well, fucking, you're not definitely not bringing booze with yeah. you. Yeah, and you can't be so you can't if, be cloudy, you know, especially if yeah, you're out exactly. There. Well, that and you know, you're gonna get your ass fired. Uh, right now, I'm in a dry barracks. Uh, I can't have booze here. The oh, okay, you're at some barracks right now. Alcohol in their barracks. Yeah, yeah, actually, so it's it's just a normal house. Oh no shit! Um, yeah, nice. that's on my Forest Service compound. Wow, that's so pretty it's, cool. Um, normally, it's two to a room, mm -hmm. um, but you pay for it out of your pocket, out of your uh, pay. So it's like I think I'm paying like nine dollars a day to live here, which okay. isn't a bad deal. Like, right. it's pretty reasonable. Yeah. So, so I got two more questions for you. I know it's getting a little bit dark out there. Um, yeah, no problem. So, did you did you get hit by any sort of depression when you got out, or any sort of mental shit? Or was it just, uh, yeah. like, for example, I never thought I would deal with depression when I got out of the service and, and it hit me uh, real bad. Um, I dealt with it for a long, long time. Um, it was pretty ever-present. Um, 
and it's you know it still comes and goes right know? it's there everybody has their bad day mm-hmm. um and i've just gotten better at dealing with it i think mm-hmm. um and it's it's fucking corny but hunting like i i I always heard something in the army resiliency trainings and this is the one thing that kind of stuck with me about it Mm -hmm. was um hunt the good stuff so you have um you got to look for the reasons to be happy or content with what you have and uh and it, it was when I first heard it, I was like, this is this stupid is bullshit, fucking right? stupid bullshit <laughs> yeah. that we're just trying to feed down our throats so we don't kill ourselves. Like, right. you know, and I have a lot of reasons to be happy. Like, I have a purpose. Right. I have a, a job that I'm crazy about. Like, despite low pay or whatever problems that people have, if you look up people, like, you just Google any issues with like force forestry technicians not getting paid what they're worth kind of thing. Like that's rampant. But at the end of the day, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Even if I'm getting paid in sunsets, you know? Yeah. It's I love what I do. Um, I have two beautiful daughters and um you know, I've got a great girlfriend and uh, you know, I've got little projects and shit here and there that I, I keep myself busy with. Yeah. Doing nothing was where I really had problems when I wasn't doing anything when I didn't have anything going for me was when it was the worst yeah, you, that, that time where you just have time to think yeah. and feel everything right so numb it with work numb it with uh with with accomplishments just get out there and do something you know that's awesome man I'm glad that um you know that you got a job that you that you absolutely love um, that you're obviously fucking enjoying and, and experiencing right now. Um, I, I'm glad you're fucking not a part of the, the, the many guys who don't necessarily make it to the point where you're at, or I guess yeah. where I'm at. And a few of the guys, um, I've, I've had a few friends on here, uh, on the podcast who, who were really close, you know, to, to, um, not necessarily making it through those, those dark times that a lot of, a lot of us, yeah. uh, go through when we get out of the service and um absolutely i guess i just want to say you know thank you for being on here and 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 i appreciate you sharing your experiences and and, and your story about your service and and your transition and your personal life because i know it's not something that we just talk about with anybody and and i hope that that other people can kind of hear it out and and hopefully the things that you did and and the the ways that you kind of uh looked to solve those issues of darkness and and your problems help somebody else that's going through those uh through those problems brother yeah absolutely um and if i might just say if anybody wants to reach out and you have need any more information about this field or how to get into it anything like that um i i'm willing to provide any resources necessary awesome dude. so it, this is I would highly recommend it um it's hard fucking work but uh i Honestly, if I hadn't found this, I might have been one of those guys who wouldn't have made it. Well, I'm fucking glad to hear that you found it. And uh, if anybody is interested in looking into the, the forestry technician, firefighters, uh, fucking, you know, hit, hit Alex up. And, uh, you know, like you said, he's willing to, to share this information. Again, brother, I appreciate you being on here. Thank you for sharing your story. And I'll let you know when this is up so you can share it or whatever you want to do with it or take a second listen and hear yourself go crazy but but thanks again for being on here brother i appreciate it absolutely thanks man i appreciate it yeah thanks a bunch yeah of course